Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Sometimes in sports, you just don't know what to believe. You've been lied to, bold face. We discussed today. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. I don't know about you, Stone, but my head is swimming a little bit. Like, even last night, and if you missed the show yesterday, we spent a lot of time because it was it was breaking as we were discussing Michael Orr and everything we knew about the Oscar award-winning blind side being a flat-out lie, at least according to Michael Orr. So after the show, and, and I thought it was good, spirited, sometimes tense back and forth, a discussion about whether or not Michael Orr's adopted parents, who actually aren't his adopted parents, uh, as documented in the movie, it was a conservatorship a la Britney Spears, if they deserve any credit, still deserve any credit for what Michael Orr became, which was NFL veteran. What did we say? $34 million he made in the NFL? 34. Uh, successful career at Ole Miss before going and, and making a lot of his money with the Ravens. And I believe he finished up 2019. He was with the uh, the Panthers. Uh, and I think he's still based out of Charlotte. And Stone's point was, well, I mean, he brought them into, they brought them into their home and uh, gave him stability and helped him go to college. And my argument was, but it was all under false pretenses. They were using him as a money-making machine. Theo Dorsey said they were pimping him out. And the timeline's still, like, cloudy of when everything happened because he started playing football once he got to this school in Memphis. He'd been bouncing around, bouncing around, bouncing around. He was a really good athlete. Uh, he was in track and field, all that stuff. Uh, the movie, the movie, and this is what's tough, and the book written by Sean Lewis, this is what makes it tough, that the book and the movie make it sound like Michael Orr was sitting in squalor, in an alley, in Memphis, and then out of the goodness of their hearts, Leanne and Sean Tui brought him into their home, and suddenly he flourished, and Leanne Tui was teaching him footwork and how to ply his trade as an offensive lineman, and then Hugh Freeze got involved, then high school coach in Memphis, and Michael Orr was able to go on to college, and everybody lived happily ever after. Sandra Bullock, here's your Academy Award. That's what it was made to sound like now Michael Orr what he and people around him have been trying to perpetuate for the last several years is that yeah uh, he he had family but he wasn't living with the family the family was broken he was living under roofs he was sleeping in beds he was with teammates and friends who were helping take him in he was already a star football player who had received offer after offer after offer but then the twoies got involved and the twoies yes they helped direct the ship but all of the accolades that had been already earned by Michael Orr at that point. He was not this bumbling dope like the movie made him out to be. He was a smart person. He wasn't some uh, some some low-end dunce. So everything that we thought we knew about Michael Orr's story, including adopted loving parents, like that's not that's not accurate. But you can make the point that Michael Orr maybe doesn't achieve what he achieved without the guidance of the Tuies. Now, I think we can both agree that the Tuies are certainly opportunists, right? They, they, they know a good thing when they see it. They made a wise decision to bring in someone who had a very obvious football future. They're business people, and they have maximized the financial potential of their relationship with Michael Orr. Like, opportunistic are the twoies. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. And I think that uh, it's no secret that they were business people, that mm -hmm. they had a lot of money on hand prior mm -hmm. to all of this going down. And if what was portrayed in the movie, which I didn't do my research on this last night, but I think 
Sean Tui Sr. at the time was a franchisee owner of Taco Bells and some restaurants. I mean, they knew where to have their hands in certain places and make money. So, yeah, that was no secret. I believe I called Michael Lewis, the author of The Blind Side, Sean Lewis earlier. So my apologies to him, his friends, and his family. And I hope I get your forgiveness. They're listening. Um, so, so Michael Lewis wrote this book that then was turned into the movie. So Michael Orr maintains in this court filing that he made yesterday that became the biggest sports story of the day, he was tricked into signing papers, tricked into entering a conservatorship. It was not an adoption. He has just recently found this out. Uh, He was not included in uh, any of the money that the film made, uh, that he was tricked into signing uh, his rights away, he, he, as far as his brand, his name, he signed all those rights away when the movie was made, and it, the Tuies weren't forthright with him what he was signing, what he was agreeing to, that they cut in the birth children of the Tuies into what money uh, would be dispersed from a certain percentage of what the movie made, but Michael Orr was not a part of that. That's what layman's terms, as simple as I can do it, because we have a two-hour show and we need to get moving. That is pretty accurately conveyed, Stone, right? What what Michael Orr is, and his lawyers are, are saying in these filings, right? To a T. Okay. So, it's a 14-page petition, and the Tuies then started to talk Yesterday, Now, S.J. Tui, who is one of the sons who is played, I believe he's six years old in the movie The Blind Side, came out in 2013, right? Or 2009. 2009. 2009. 2009 is what we determined yesterday. Uh, S.J. Tui was on with Dave Portnoy and the folks at Barstool yesterday uh, discussing some of the specifics of uh, the claims in the filing that was made by Michael Orr and his camp. Here's uh, here's what S.J. Tui had to say, and before we listen to this, I feel badly for the man because he's clearly trying to still love his parents and support his parents while also trying to support and love Michael Orr. Listen to, to him struggle with what to divulge to the Barstool folks, including Portnoy yesterday. It's It's, you know... What about all right? So, so the number one things he's saying the the conservatorship versus the adoption. I know you talked a little bit about Kevin. Like, what is your take on on that's the main claim, right? And and pretty recent, as February two thousand twenty three is when Michael says he realized the difference and what it meant. Like, what did you? But, but wait, you even even before you answer that, if you're saying this is like his, there's been multiple lawsuits. Regarding this conservatorship, not against, not against like the, not against the family specifically, but to the movie companies and all that kind of stuff. I believe this is not the first. Got it. Uh, okay. Go around. So, so he had he had issues. Was was suing other entities. Then finds out that he wasn't technically adopted, but it's a conservatorship, and that's when he puts you guys in the in the crosshairs. Again, I don't, I don't want to speak to things. Here. Let me. I'm gonna preface in case someone he's just says, struggling. This, this freaking guy. I'm not gonna listen to him anymore. I'm, I'm gonna preface by saying that. Um, I, I love Mike at 16. I love Mike at now he's what 16 and a half years old, 37, um, and I love him at 67. So there, there's not going to be any legal dossier or, or um, thing that happens that's going to be you know go like screw that guy. So it's not the case. I'll, I'll be mad at him. Um, but to your initial point, no. I mean, if he says he learned that in February, I find that hard to believe. There's, I went back to my text today to look at. Uh, I was curious today, randomly, to go back to look at our family group texts and, and text to see what things had been said. And there were things back in 2020, 2021 that, that were like, you know, if you guys give me this much, then I won't go public with things. And um, so I don't know that's true. I think everyone learned in the past year about the, the conservatorship stuff because of Britney Spears. So maybe that's the case. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, it doesn't. So when did. So obviously. Hey, this poor guy, S.J. Tui, is conflicted, right? And it's it's really, really devastating. I feel bad for Michael Orr. I feel bad for the kids of the Tui family. I think it's pretty obvious. Hearing him talk, he knows that what happened to Michael Orr was kind of sketchy. It was kind of shady. 
it, he struggled to even divulge that, hey, we think that I would be shocked if they found out in February as the court filing uh, dictates that he was in a conservatorship. He didn't know until February. Find that hard to believe. He did hint at maybe a little bit of, I don't know, blackmail that would have taken place. That scenario we laid out where, oh, maybe it was 2020, 2021 in a family text thread. Uh, Michael was saying, hey, I won't go public with this if you give me this cut of like that's that's blackmail. That that is that is blackmail definition. Yeah, that, that is the definition of blackmail. Um, whether whether you're okay with the blackmail, that's a different discussion. All uh, you know uh, entirely, but it's a struggle for this guy. And there's going to be a lot of cloudiness now, and a lot of back and forth. And he said, she said, and this entire thing. Uh, Sean Tuey, who is the the father, he's the father. He spoke late yesterday the, to the Daily Memphian newspaper, saying, "Quote: We're devastated." It's upsetting to think we would make money off of any of our children, but we're going to love Michael at 37 just like we loved him at 16. That sounds familiar. Sean Tui also contends that Orr, who played for the Ravens, Titans, Panthers, did receive payment from the movie based on his experience with the family, The Blind Side. We didn't make any money off the movie, Sean Tui said. Well, Michael Lewis gave us half of his share. Everybody in the family got an equal share, including Michael. It was about $14,000 each. We were never offered money. We never asked for money. My money is well documented. You can look up how much I sold my company for. The last thing I needed was forty grand from a movie, Sean Toohey said. I will say it's upsetting that people would think I would want to make money off of any of my children. So now we're getting into the, oh, Michael Orr wasn't fully telling the truth. Michael Orr, I'm sure, is going to come to court with another filing that's going to refute what the Tuies now say. And now here's the kids in the middle of this entire thing. Regardless of the, the, the nuance of all of this, someone's lying, a component of the blind side, a big component of the blind side, which was the A-word, adoption, is a lie. Michael Orr has maintained for several years that the way that he is represented in that movie is either A, um, embellished, or B, a lie. And so I think it's pretty safe to say the blind side is a, is a lie. No matter where you sit on the equation here, and I, I, I have, have had and seen a lot of, oh, Michael Orr, uh, why now? Why now? He's got a book coming out. Why now? Why now? The way I look at it, if you feel like you've been ripped off to the tune of millions of dollars, why wouldn't? You coincide this with a book. I'm totally fine with that. You know what that is? That's capitalism. God bless America. Yeah, it's a master class in the PR department. Damn right, in, Stone. In, in the marketing department, for sure. And, and for that, really, you can't knock the hustle. But at the same time, it, it's a tad annoying, right? It, it does get very foggy at this point, and you don't know who to pick a, whose side you want to stand on. And that's kind of the problem with these stories. Like, the way it was dropped and the, and the timing of it with the day that he dropped his book and... Now, this, the headline in general from ESPN, and I forget who wrote the article, but it is your typical, in today's generation, your pick-a-side article. And that's what you're getting on social media. So I don't know if that was Michael Orr's goal, because I, that's, I think, what well, is it's a court the wrong filing. Way. It's a court filing, so of course it's going to be one-sided. And in ESPN's defense, what was written, you only have that right. to base off of until the Tuies round up the lawyers and get ready to to speak publicly, which they did later in the day. Right, which is, I guess, it's just, uh, like I said, typical of today, right? There's going to be the documentaries, and it's going to go through all the timelines, and that's what we're going to see. But I hate that it was, oh, point the finger here, and then you get everybody's reaction, and now the court of public opinion now chooses left or chooses right, whatever you want to do, and then the Tuies are going to speak. So it's typical, and it's unfortunate for everybody in this, but Sean Tuey Jr., you talked about it. Couldn't even find the words because he does love Mike probably, and he loves his parents, but he doesn't necessarily want to say the wrong things or get anybody caught up. So now this is getting all messy, and you got to feel for all sides at this point. But, I mean, somebody put out a – the piece, right? Somebody chose to do that, so that's where this started. Yeah. Well, what started all of this what was started. the court filing. It was yeah. the court filing. Um, so I, I I feel badly for Michael Orr, and to to believe you were adopted and then find out that you just signed away your legal rights to people, that sucks. And I don't know the details of this because the Tuies are saying one thing, Michael Orr is saying another thing, but if indeed he was cut out of – 
of deals. I, I mean, again, it's 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 his his likeness that was the reason the movie was even made. There's Entirely. no blindside without him. And so if he signed away his intellectual rights and didn't know what he was signing um, because he trusted the people that held control of his legal rights, I'd be pissed off too. And I'd be bringing it to the forefront in court on the same day I'm releasing a book too. Like that's just the way I, I work. I would absolutely be doing that. But we just don't know what's truth. We don't know what's a lie. What we do know is that the adoption um, uh, side of things from the Tuies that we believe for well over a decade uh, since the book came out, then the movie, that was a lie. That was that was not, the, the Tuies never came out and said, well, actually, because it, it didn't do them any good. They had a, a certain image that they loved to convey and perpetuate, and that would have blown that entire thing up. The Tuies, they, they, they lived a lie. Michael Orr was living a lie. It was a sports lie. It was a significant sports lie. I will say in the grand scheme of things, Stone, this whole blindside thing, it's one of the bigger sports lies we've seen in quite some time, is it not? I mean, the magnitude of it sure is. And- it's like, it, it is, I couldn't believe how it took off yesterday. I sort of mentioned it as a throwaway a half hour into the show, and then suddenly we spent our entire second hour on it because... People were interested. They wanted to talk about it. They wanted to call in. It was the front page first story, ESPN.com. For some reason, it latched on. Maybe because it's a movie, uh, a successful Hollywood movie. Maybe because the story, the way it was presented, made us feel better about society and race relations. And, oh, uh, these people, goodness of their hearts, it made you feel something as a human. And then to have all that crushed. Like maybe that resonated with people, but it's rare that something happens day of and we can carry it for an hour and a half like we did. That was because of the magnitude of that lie definition of a rare day where that happens yesterday. 100%. I think, you know, making your rounds on social or just talking to friends, family, coworkers, whatever it was, I think the what really made this thing take flight was the fact that if you're not a diehard sports fan, right? If you don't follow SEC football and you haven't learned Michael Orr's story, the only stuff you knew was the, from the movie. The movie. That's a great point. And, and so they're shell shocked. And it spans outside of the sports realm. That movie, while it's a sports movie, it 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 its tentacles span well beyond the sports realm. Right. So when you're looking at certain scenes where, you know, he's getting tutored or where they picked him up when he was walking on the sidewalk, like these are the pictures that you had if you're just a, a casual goer. And and when you hear this story drop, it's just a complete 180. When a few of us who, who follow the sport and understand Michael Orr's story know that he had a problem in 2010 when they dropped the movie about yeah. how he's per- right. portrayed on the football field, right. how he's portrayed mentally and, and, and his education but level. because that marketing machine was so heavy with the blind side, it was just sort of like, all right, dude, Sandra, here's your Academy Award. <laughs> right. Like It was, that, I mean, Stone, that is an exceptional point. That's an exceptional point because so many people, their frame of reference, Michael Orr's story is from that movie. That's it? Um, it reminds me of yesterday reminded me of how I felt when on our, I believe it was a a random Thursday afternoon right before the college football BCS national championship game, Notre Dame and Alabama. I found out that the entire Manti Teo tale of his girlfriend dying and what really fueled his Heisman campaign his senior year was all a sham, all a lie, all perpetuated by a catfish, Lene Kakua. That, still to this day, is one of the biggest sports lies of my life, is Manti Teo. I still can't believe it was an actual thing. Watching the documentary that came out about a year ago, can't believe that Manti Teo was in that position, allowed himself to be so bamboozled. I still cannot believe any of that happened. Manti Teo was one of the all-time sports hoaxes, and I don't put any blame on him for for continuing to push that story. He believed something. You can judge him for how easily it became for him to be uh to, to be brainwashed uh and how gullible he was. I don't think he purposely put that story out, but man, that is an all-time banger of sports lies, Manti Teo Lene Kakua. It's top five. I mean, it's top five all time. It, it, it's top five all time, and I think 
me more so than than you had an opportunity to at least put myself in his shoes, right? It was the same age, right? We were both in locker rooms playing the same sport. I was going to say, you're in the same neighborhood age wise as him. And and I think that's where I'm like, okay, so I have to be able to relate to this, right? Like I have to, or at least the people that I was surrounded with when I was playing the sport, I I could have at least seen this happen to them. And the only thing that I can really point to is the fact that you know, we're so busy as college athletes. Like, just your time is consumed by the sport and being in the facility that he knew he was league-bound and he knew his ultimate goal was to go get paid millions and be a professional football player. And he didn't want to be distracted by girls, right? So he didn't want to physically be taken away. So the 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 social and, and just kind of having conversations, even if the, oh, it was on the phone, was enough for him. Like, that's the only thing that I can point to because it's one of the craziest things we've ever seen He got caught up in the down. emotional relationship. Let Manti Teo, that's why, let Manti Teo be an example for all of you. I mean, there should be a physical component of the relationship for you to make sure the person's real. <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, that's a fact. Early on. I mean, that, that's a, just uh, early on. It's not a fact, it's advice. Advice from Uncle Cam. Nurse there. advice. Nurse advice. Do you want to be Manti Teo or do you want to know you actually have a human being that you're, uh, you're spitting game to? Yeah, that's why I hate the Love is Blind show so much. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you can't even see who you're talking to. Oh, that show, man. And you're going to marry her. Or at least get engaged to. Mm. Can't even see him. You're in a blindfold. You're kissing. It's the, I mean, come on. So, uh, again, again, like just kids, make sure. Test the waters. Just test the waters. Even a, just a little make out. Just make sure that the, 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 the thing you're talking to is real. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So, so I, I want to talk about sports lies. What's the biggest sports lie you've ever been told? It could be someone who was a liar in sports. It could be someone who told an isolated lie. It could be a narrative that you were led to believe was truth, but it was misleading. It was a fallacy. It was a lie. What's the biggest sports lie you've ever been told? Because the blind side is now one big lie. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. And the reason I'm, I'm warning you kids about have a physical component to your relationship and the reason I say, hey, just know that there's a thing you're talking to. AI, it's already starting to bamboozle people on social media. These AI photos, they look like hot Swedish models. Just be careful, kids. Okay? If, you're, if you're into blondes, beware. Yeah, like, beware. AI's already perfected the blonde. It has. It has. <laughs> Those are the ones that I've seen the most. Uh-huh. The AI models, they're yeah. all blondes. Mm-hmm. Not that I've been, uh, <laughs> been tricked. Actually, folks, Ken had brought it up to me last week. Uh-huh. Okay, I did not bring it up to him. <laughs> No, God. What's the biggest sports lie you've ever been told? And have you been bamboozled yet by an AI hottie? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776 on social media at KLV1063. Uh, can we go back to uh, 2019? Uh, 2019, Crystal Rich on uh, Sixers Talk on NBC Sports Philadelphia. This is one of the all-time great misses in sports commentary history. This is right after the Miami Heat acquired Jimmy Butler. He leaves after one year with the Philadelphia 76ers. A crushing, soul-taking loss in a Game 7 second round of the eventual champion Toronto Raptors Kawhi Leonard. Four caroms off the rim to beat the Sixers and Jimmy Butler decided, eh, in what was a sign of things to come for that Sixers organization, I don't want to be a part of this clown show and decided to go to a championship organization of the Miami Heat. Cue Crystal Richard, uh, Crystal Rich, I should say, at the time on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Crystal, Jimmy Butler says he only cares about winning. <laughs> so and the, he went to the Heat. So I don't even know how those two sentences marry each other, but let's just for fun. Does he make the playoffs next year? Well, that was determined, Amy, that that was a lie. No, (laughs) Jimmy Butler will not make the playoffs. And guess what? If I have to eat my words, then he is going to have a first-round exit. It's going to take at least one or two years for Jimmy Butler, who wants to be the guy so badly, to get the team to be built around him, to be good enough to compete in the East. The East is getting better by the second. What did Jimmy Butler do that first year with the Heat? Won the East. Was it the guy? Contended for a championship. Contended for a championship. All the things Crystal Rich said were not possible. Were not possible. Uh, What did he end up doing again last season? Competed for a championship. Won the East. The year before, it was a shot from him 
uh, after dragging the Heat back into a Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals, a shot that, that caromed off the front rim that would have given him a third NBA Finals appearance in his time with the Miami Heat. I mean, that's an all-time wrong. I mean, Crystal Rich, all-time wrong. But what she was doing, she was feeding the narrative that Jimmy Butler could never be the guy. That Jimmy Butler could not be someone that was the on-court face of an organization. That he was a part of the problem. He was part of the problem, his attitude. Going back to Minnesota, the, 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 the famous, the infamous practice. He didn't have the ability to lead men. And all he's done since second one with the Miami Heat has been an abject leader. All the things he said he was, he bet on himself, and the Heat allowed him to flourish. The Heat allowed him to be him, even when he has an on-court confrontation with Eric Spolstra. He allows his teammates to hold him accountable. That's what a leader does. Jimmy Butler, he can't be the guy that is one of the all-time sports lies that's ever been foisted upon me, Ken Levicka. And it's one of the tastiest sports lies, too, because year after year after year, he's doubted. No matter what stop he made, no matter what city he was in, he's been doubted. Like the, the, the things that you just touched on, that he couldn't be the face, and he's never disappointed. It feels like if he's not injured, a la Josh Hart, like he just comes through, and he satisfies every Heat fan, every Jimmy Butler fan out there, no matter state, city, Country you're from, I mean, you love Jimmy Butler, and yep. that's because he's proved everybody wrong continuously. What's the biggest sports lie ever foisted upon you, the general public? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776 on social media, at KLV1063, as well as Instagram, at Ken Levicka. 888-760-3776. Stone, when has someone wronged you? When is someone try to pull the old sports okey-doke on you and lied to you. Well, you got me on to my third option by saying that somebody's tried to pull the okey-doke on me, so I'm going to go with a half-serious one first. But uh, coaches not allowing you to put your hands on your knees is a big one. Okay, that's a big one. They tell you to put <laughs> your hands on the top of your head to breathe instead of bending right, down right. and breathing. I think that's one of the biggest lies that, that we've ever been told Coming up in sports. So the so whole that's an put your dope. hands on your head when you're out of breath after running gassers. You put your hands on your head. You don't bend down. Put your hands on your knees. And coaches don't tell you that. No, no, no. So they tell you to put your hands on your head. Oh. So that's when you're trying to get some breath. Take deep breath. Got it. When they say that you know you're not getting all the air, the coaches don't know the science. Uh, they're making. They don't let so, you put your hands so on your knees. So they're making up the biological reason why you're told to put your hands on your head because it opens up your lungs. It's all it keeps you upright. It's all nonsense. It's all hogwash. It's all made up. And, and <laughs> when you're talking about getting pulled the okie doke on you, imagine right. This is what college athletes do. No matter what sport you play, male or female. You run some conditioning, you do after practice, and you bend over, and it's the first thing that strength and conditioning coach says, I, Get, stand up, what the hell are you doing? Stand up! I mean, Stone, you are you are wrecking everything I ever... I mean, even after runs, I will put my hands on my head it's not and not a thing. my knees because I've always been told that the proper airflow, the oxygenation is going to be better when my hands are on my head. What you're telling me right now has rocked my conditioning world and I'm, I, I think you might be lying to me. But there's no way that's true. Every coach I've ever had said, put your hands on your head and breathe it out. Not put your hands on your knees. So you're saying that that's all a lie. How do we, how do we, how do we fact prove check it? that? Yeah, how well, do we fact check it. So, you know, I don't want to be this guy, but some Twitter blue checkmark PhDs, right? They've been ones who's put out some articles on this stuff and have done the research and have, have talked about the science and you know, your air ducts and how air gets through. And uh, they've done this, and I've read these articles. Your air ducts? What are we, an AC unit? <laughs> yeah. When Stone I, goes to the doctor, he just goes to EDS air conditioning. All right. Here, I, we need to do that. I'm not, I'm not fully doubting you. I just, this has rocked everything that I previously thought I knew. Are you a, um, like, who would we ask? Uh, a phys, uh, uh, Neil Goldhaber? Possibly? No. Uh, no, we need, like, someone respiratory. Like, uh... I don't know. Is anybody in the medical field that deals with respiration, that deals with conditioning, is anybody a trainer, anybody with a medical background to be able to, to uh, competently answer the following question? Do you breathe better after a workout with your hands on your head or on your knees? Because Stone's saying that if you put your hands on your knees, that's totally fine. Everything a coach ever told you about that is a lie. 
888-760-3776. Are you someone who actually knows what they're talking about? Are you okay after a workout putting your hands on your knees and bending over? Can you breathe the same way as you do with your hands on your head, which is whatever coach ever tells you? My mind is blown. What else is the sports lie? Yeah, so that was my half-serious, kind of 90% unserious one, but... I'm going to stick with the quarterbacks here, right? These are everybody's divas. Everybody has a problem with quarterbacks when they get all their shine. And I I did have a problem with two certain retirements. One, Aaron Rodgers, and one, Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, when he came out of the darkness retreat, said that he was 90% in retirement. Mm -hmm. 10% wanted to play again. I mean, that's the biggest lie that's ever been told. Like, I support you, Aaron Rodgers, but nobody thought you were actually retiring. So to come out with 90 and then to throw it on hard knocks... Give me a break, brother. He's this going is for why, drama. This is why they hate us. Yeah. This is why they hate, <laughs> why us. they hate us. You already got the cameras. You already got the mics. You're already starting to win everybody mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. And th- this is kind of come and gone and didn't get a lot of pub, but it was just added to the drama. It's and pretty good. It's just one of those things that these quarterbacks do, and it's like, Aaron, this is why they hate us. And then Tom Brady. Nobody thought you were retiring. Nobody thinks you're coming back or anything that you hint at, uh, you know, the rate, whatever it is. Nobody thought Tom Brady was retiring, and when he did retire, we knew that he was coming back. All of these things, and it's like stop trying to pull a fast one yeah. on, on these people. And I think a lot of quarterbacks are starting to do it, or just you know the the media or the general public just chomp at the bit anytime these guys open their mouth. So kind of cut that out. And then Tom Brady added on to it that uh, it was the uh, it was the pressure put on him by the media that forced him into that first retirement. Uh, it's uh, just a lie. It's that, all a lie. That's as that's as big of a lie as it gets. It's just a lie. Like come on, dude, just own it. Just own just it. Just own it, Tom. What's the biggest sports lie you've ever been told? Have you? Have you been bamboozled by an AI hottie? And is Stone right when he says you can get the same amount of breath after a workout putting your hands on your knees as opposed to putting your hands on your head, which is what every coach always tells you? What is the biggest sports lie you've ever been told? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. And on social media, at KLV1063. Perhaps some of the folks at Baptist Health Orthopedic Care would know the answer to that breathing question. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit Baptist BaptistHealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit BaptistHealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting BaptistHealth.net slash ortho. So far, biggest sports lies that have ever been told the blind side. Aaron Rodgers coming out of his cave and saying I was 90% retired, 10% wanted to keep playing. Stone says that was BS. Jimmy Butler could never be the face of an NBA team. That's been a proven lie. What about Tom Brady's first retirement? Bro, we all knew you were coming back. That was a lie. And after you run gassers as an athlete, coaches tell you put your hands on your head. That's a lie. You can put your hands on your knees and get your breath back the same exact way. What is your sports lie that's been most foisted upon you? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. We got a bunch to come. He's still in the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. You can ask Stone. He's seen something from me that he's never witnessed before. And we've known each other for several, many years. We've worked together for like two, but we've known each other for a while. Going back to his high school days. I promise it wasn't creepy. Um, well, I mean, I suppose it depends on who you're, whose side you're looking at it from. Um, he has seen me. I'm going through a crisis right now in front of his eyes. He's seen me come to terms with something I always believed was true that is actually false, unapologetically false. Runnersworld.com. 
This is from runnersworld.com 2020. True or false, standing tall with your hands on your head helps you recover faster from a hard effort than resting your hands on your knees. The answer, surprisingly, is false. Yep, that's right. Turns out that despite your high school cross-country coach correcting you every single time you went to rest your hands on your knees, you're actually supposed to do that. According to Rondell King, Dr. Rondell King, an exercise physiologist at NYU Langone Sports Performance Center. When you place your hands on or behind your head, your back goes into extension. As a result, King says breathing is less efficient and you'll be slower to recover. Stone Lebanowitz, flat out on this show, said, hey, you people that put your hands on your head after a workout, that's stupid. You're actually hurting yourself. Put your hands on your knees. Every coach always told you, get your hands off your knees. Get your hands on yeah, your head. Yeah. Get your hands off your knees. They're Stand wrong. up. They're wrong. It's all just bullying. It's all just bullying. Stone just just exposed that to me, and I don't know what to do with myself. Even this morning after my run, because it is hot as hell. It's miserable. I was walking around my front yard with my hands on my head. I'm 39 years old. <laughs> my whole life has been a lie. I love how you put it. It's bullying. I think it that, is that, bullying. a sliver of that is true. Why do we do this whole hands on knees equals bad, equals lazy, equals like stop, stop, stop. I, I am now pro hands on knees. Yeah. Holy It's God. just follow my instructions and listen to what I tell you to do. Well, I tell you what, this this right now is in my new top five of what's the biggest sports lie <laughs> you've ever been told. Putting your hands on your head is the way to recover from a hard workout. That's a lie. It's one of the biggest sports lies I've ever been told, and I didn't even know it until about 10 minutes ago. What's the biggest sports lie you've ever been told? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Anthony in West Palm on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Ant? Hey, how are you guys? Good. Hey, man, uh, we were talking about this new uncle uh, past this weekend about when Michael Jordan he went to go play uh, baseball, mm-hmm. and it was actually because he was suspended by the NBA for gambling. So, I I don't I'm not a conspiracy theorist, Anthony. I'm not, and I I grew up a huge Bulls fan. Grew up a Chicagoan. Uh, I I like to think it's a conspiracy theory that Michael Jordan was serving a a suspension, a gambling suspension handed down by David Stern, and that's why he went to baseball. I just don't know. I don't know if I can outright say that's a lie and appreciate the call, Anthony. That's one of the great sports conspiracy theories. Michael Jordan went to go play baseball for the White Sox slash Birmingham Barons because he was serving a gambling suspension by the NBA. Now, how big of a news story was that during the time? What, what do you mean? Like, like the, Jordan it, retiring and going to play baseball? As far the as biggest. The, as far as the gambling being the reason. Oh, oh it was not. It was something that, as the years passed, started to be latched onto more and more as a reason why people were looking for that answers. happened. Yeah, because when he retired, it was super weird. They had just won their third straight championship. Michael wasn't um, wasn't of retirement age yet. Uh, he was coming off of what should have been for him an MVP season. He was coming off of being the Finals MVP, and then. Right before training camp started, he retired. Super weird. Super weird. I uh, love that Anthony's that's still on his mind. I still like I like, I not, love that. I am not, you know I'm not tinfoil hat guy. Okay. But there's still a part of me that thinks there might be a little bit to Michael Jordan serving a suspension, which is why he went to go play baseball. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm not willing to just rule it out as an outright sports lie. I think the math adds up. Right? I mean, I think he's, he's like, you're really going to suspend me? Me? Even though it's six games? This is what you think you could do? Watch this. I'm going to go play baseball. I think that's where I would put the puzzle together. <laughs> I wasn't born. Uh, Travis messages, the biggest sports lie that I've ever been told, Joe Paterno did not know what was going on in the showers at Penn State. That's a banger. That's a banger. And no matter what the Paterno family wants to say and what Penn State wants to say, I choose to believe that Joe Paterno absolutely knew something at least very unseemly was uh, was taking place. I'm with Travis. I'm with that. Travis as well. Yeah, I, I just find it unbelievably hard to believe that he was completely oblivious. It just like 
Pat Fitzgerald, completely oblivious to things going on in his locker room. I mean, he flat out said it. I, I'm sorry. And Stone, I know you're the one that played college football, but if you're a college head coach and you're the one who's always saying, hey, my program, my program, my program, you cannot sit there and then plead ignorance, especially about alleged child rape. I straight up told you guys that there's a 0% chance Pat Fitzgerald did not know what was going on in his locker room. Especially that guy. And you guys were like, don't be reckless. It's still an allegation. I, I was like, no, no, no. I'm telling you for a fact that he knew this was going on. There's no way. It's, it's harder not to know than it is to know yeah. in this situation. Uh, let's see. Alexander messages, Josh Allen is this generation's Philip Rivers. That's a sports lie. Okay, so he's a Josh Allen supporter, I would presume. Uh, no, I think he's a uh, Josh Allen hater. So why is that a sports lie? I actually, have I heard, I don't know if I've heard Josh Allen is this generation's Philip Rivers. I, I mean, I dig it. I, I think you but would dig it more the, than I. But what's the comparison? Like, they're they're two completely different quarterbacks. I think what he's hinting at is the ringless, right? Oh, he's going got it, to got end it. Oh, up. got it, got it. Yeah, he's a Josh Allen hater. Uh, I, I'm sure he's like a Dolphins fan, and he's flat out saying Josh Allen's never going to re- win a ring like Philip Rivers. Thank you for talking me through that, by the way. You're right. But he's going to throw for a bunch of yards, right? Yeah, top throw for a bunch career. of yards, but never win a ring. Inopportune interceptions, that entire thing. Man, now I get it. Now he's on the Madden cover, though. Uh, he is. He is. Uh, GT messages... Seems like every year someone's trying to tell me the Dolphins will be good. Well, the Dolphins being good is not the, the debate. The Dolphins being Super Bowl contenders, that's, that's generally been the lie. Oh, right? We fell for the lie last year, then you're, you're saying? No, I'm not saying. Last year, they were Super Bowl contenders um, throughout points of the season. That was not a lie. That was the first time since I was... Probably 10 years old, though, 11 years old, that they were legitimately a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I hear you. And, and I think, you know, with the Miami Heat excluded from this, I think we're lied to each and every year. Obviously not last year because of what you just said, and, and we definitely saw that firsthand. But that the Miami Hurricanes and the Miami Dolphins are back, I think it's just a, a, it's a Florida lie. Well, it funny just goes you on every that. single year. Funny you mention that. Sweep the leg uh, messages. The lie, the greatest lie I've ever been told is the U is back. It might be the greatest lie. What is it, 2001? Since they've won themselves an ACC championship. 2002 since they've been in a national championship game. And every year after that, they're back. Only a handful of times have they won double-digit games in a season. <laughs> um, the U is back. It's, it's been proven over and over again. Because even when they do have a season where they appear to be back, a la Rick's second season, Notre Dame win, all that stuff, then they just fall off the side of a cliff again. They don't, they don't carry on any of the momentum. The U being back, like, what would that even look like? Or is the U being back just the fleeting every five or six years where they get off to like a 4-0 start? Now, I want to be careful because it's come to my attention as well that there are many in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast that believe I'm a Canes hater. Yes, they do. I'm a hater of the Canes. In fact, I met one of them Saturday at our ESPN 106.3 Top 63 event, your boy Ty, uh, who who called me out. And I, I, I welcome that. I welcome that. If you're going to confront me about something, confront me to my face. And he did. And he did it very good naturedly. I was not threatened at all. But... Based on messages I've gotten over the last couple of weeks about a variety of things, but including the U, and then and then talking with Ty on Saturday, it's come to my attention that that there are many who believe I'm being too hard on the Miami Hurricanes. Excuse me, you've got one of the highest paid coaches in college football. Last year was wildly unacceptable. Five wins? Are you joking me? Um, I don't think to the outside there's much buzz in this camp about the Canes. I've already said that if the Canes lose to Texas A&M, then Mario Cristobal, you'll see a large portion, I don't know a percentage, but a large portion of fickle Canes fans that'll be ready to already start discussing his departure from this football program, okay? When you have a massive contract like Mario Cristobal does, uh, then I believe that you need better than a five-win season, even if you're in a quote-unquote rebuild, which the Canes weren't in until they lost to Middle Tennessee State last year. That's my opinion on it. Yeah, besides the fact that you are a capital J journalist, right? You're a media member. Besides I all of this. I am not a journalist. I used to be. <laughs> I used to be a journalist. No longer. At least existing in the realm, it's, it's your job, right? You're five and seven. We're going to... Talk about you like yeah. you're five and seven. Yeah. It's, it's what paid to do in a spot like this. But I think one of the best questions that, that my buddy Tyler often asks you, and right diehard Canes fans would ask you the same thing, Ken, is 
how did your wife live with you, right? Miami Hurricane grad, and how how does she not? But how do you not get home? And the first thing she does is slap you in the face. Here's here's though where I know I made the right decision in my marriage is that there's no sugar coating. Oh, it's all about the you and all this nonsense with the her. delusion. Like she yeah she she puts her money in season ticket holder since I've met her two tickets every year. Okay. Um, and she 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 drives her ass out to Hard Rock Stadium, okay? And she tailgates, and she sits in the heat and does all this stuff. She walks in every single Saturday or Thursday night that the Canes are home, okay? And she watches it, and a lot of it's been drivel. A lot of it's been nonsense. She at, what was it? Uh, let's see. Uh, the Canes played Notre Dame in October. Addie was born. Oh, no, it was Leah that she was pregnant with, 2018. So she was like six months pregnant and went to Coral Gables for college game day on a Saturday morning to then pull an all-dayer into an all-nighter at Hard Rock Stadium for the Notre Dame game, okay? She had a big old pregnant belly, okay? So she, she is someone who I take her opinion on the Canes very, very seriously because she lives and dies by him. She loves him. Her mood is predicated upon what they do. So although it may be hard to hear you say these things, she understands that. She understands it, and she's the one that will bring it to me. Okay? I don't, I don't push her or prod her right. into having a take on the Canes. When it's not good enough, it's not good enough, and it's coming out of her mouth. Straight okay? like that. Okay? So she lives with me. Because she knows that, baby, it's just business. I'm doing business here on ESPN 106.3, but also you can't be a sports fan and live in abject delusion. It ain't no utopia down there in Coral Gable. It's not. Okay? In the ultimate, so ultimate respect. If you want to be a, a legit program, if you want to be back, then you got to stop living in the delusion that you're living in green and orange clouds there in Coral Gables. Okay? That ain't, that ain't heaven. All right? Right now, right now, you're sort of on the, the verge of, you're at the pearly gates. Are you going to football heaven? Are you going to football hell? And Mario Cristobal, he's the one that has to decide that, okay? Not to get biblical, but that's how I feel about it. Listen, listen, we got to get to a break, but you, you said something, I think, two or three minutes Six ago. Six months that, pregnant, all day. That, that has, it has me, my brain jogged. It's all, it's all over the place right now. You asked, what does that look like with the Canes being back? What does that look like? And mm-hmm. me, at 24 years old, I have no clue what that looks like. I don't have a clue what the Canes being back looks like. What What does the you being back look like? In a realistic college football landscape, 2023, what does the you being back actually look like? Like, what is that? Because they were back for one year, and then they weren't back anymore. Like what is the U being back? Is it like the a, a two years of success FSU trajectory like we're seeing? Like what is it? What is the U being back by definition for you? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and we will still take the biggest sports lies ever foisted upon you. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Back after this. He's still in the bandwidth. Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Funny, my wife chimed in. I hope she heard me complimenting her vociferously. Just a couple of minutes ago. She says her biggest lie is Jeffrey Loria convincing Miami that the Marlins were broke and getting the stadium deal on the back of taxpayers. See? That's why I love her. I hate how much that sounds like you. I hate that. I'm telling you. I mean, we've been together for a long time. I like to think I've rubbed off on her. (laughs) 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 Let me clip that one. I mentioned the... I meant in the uh, personality sense. <clears throat> You're horrible! <sighs> Where is this show going? Down the toilet, is wow. what I say. Uh, you know who will never lie to you? You know who will get you to your destination? 
is Brightline. Go Brightline.com free, Brightline app. Brightline is the way to get to all of your favorite sporting events in South Florida. And don't forget to take advantage through August 27th, $5 kid, $10 adult smart fares on Brightline. Just go to GoBrightline.com and the free Brightline app. But how about that home runner train to see the Marlins? They're suddenly hot. Miami Marlins at Lone Depot Park. How about a little back-to-back-to-back home runs against the Astros last night in a Marlins victory? That's right, bringing the bats against the favorites in the American League, the defending champions. You take the Brightline train down to Miami Central Station, ride share to Lone Depot Park, see that fish dub, get back in the ride share, get back to Miami Central Station, ride in style, ride in comfort. Back to Fort Lauderdale or West Palm. Brightline, go brightline.com. Inner Miami, Lionel Messi, Dry Pink Stadium, go to the Fort Lauderdale Station. West Palm to Fort Lauderdale on the train. Miami Central to Fort Lauderdale on the, on the train. Rideshare, Dry Pink Stadium. Goal Getter Train. Beautiful stations. West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Quick Stops, Boca, Aventura. GoBrightline.com and the free Brightline app. GoBrightline.com and the free Brightline app. Want to go through a couple more lies here, Stone? Please. A couple more sports lies. Lies. That have been foisted upon you. Some of the biggest sports lies ever foisted upon you. And uh, let's see. Uh, oh, oh, John. John messages in this one. You may remember near the end of his tenure as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, the man, Nick Saban, Dolphins head coach, saying the following over and over and over, reiterating over and over and over, Nick Saban, as Dolphins head coach. I don't know how else I can say it, guys. I've said it three different occasions. Well, then I guess I have to say it. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. I think I've said this over and over and over. And then he became Alabama's head coach. And he still remains Alabama's head coach. Is, and now he's our neighbor. In retrospect, when, when it's all said and done for him, that might go down as one of the greatest sports lies ever. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was a, it was a, a flat-out look in the eye lie. I mean, he had already been talking with Alabama. And there then he had already went, been discourse, and he was flat out telling people, annoyed tone, I'm not going to be... I mean, listen to how annoyed he is. Listen to how annoyed he is answering questions from journalists who kind of knew what was happening. I don't know how else I can say it, guys. I've said it three different occasions. Well, then I guess I have to say it. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. I think I've said this over and over and over. I mean... And then he goes on to be the greatest college football coach that we've ever seen in the history of this sport. Right. But, guys, I don't know how many ways I can say this. I mean, it's just so condescending. So condescending. Uh, Another coach I have a problem with resides in Memphis, Tennessee. I'll tell you about him when we come back. He's Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.